Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, Dr. Adriana Popescu. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and empowerment coach with over 25 years of experience in the mental health field. She specializes in treating addictions and trauma and has directed a number of treatment programs in the San Francisco Bay Area. She is currently the clinical director at Avery Lane, an innovative and holistic treatment program for women with co-occurring addiction and mental health disorders. She's contributed to a number of books, including TJ Woodward's Conscious Being Workbook, The Conscious Recovery for Addiction and Conscious Recovery for Mental Health Workbooks, and The Conscience Creation Workbook, all of which she co-authored with him. She has a private practice in San Francisco and travels around the world coaching and facilitating transformational and empowering workshops. She also hosts a fascinating podcast called Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. She loves to bring the most innovative and effective tools to her work, empowering people to overcome their imagined limitations, release their self-judgments, and discover the brilliance within, creating a life of infinite possibilities. Today, we talk about her work with energy psychology and addiction treatment. Welcome, Dr. Popescu. Welcome. Thank you, Josephine. It's so good to be here with you today. Yeah, I know you do a lot of work with addiction, and I'm really interested in hearing about your approach to addiction treatment and care. Yeah, so I've been in the field, specifically addiction and trauma, co-occurring disorders. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and have been working 20 plus years now in the field. So I've had a lot of experience with the traditional treatment paradigms and especially like finding out what's been most effective and realizing where there have been shortcomings with that. Because I think traditional addiction treatment has had a lot of emphasis on the biological, especially from the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly been a lot with the mental and emotional, but the one piece that often is missing is the spiritual And the one that I think underlies all of them is the energetic. So I'm a specialist in energy psychology. And in my own journey, I had my own story with chronic illness and all of that. And so when Western medicine didn't have a lot to help me with, I started looking at holistic therapies. I started with chiropractic and acupuncture. And then I started working with practitioners who started addressing unresolved trauma and things I had in my own history that were part of my body's inability to fight off what ended up being Lyme disease. And so I started learning these therapies that were based on traditional Chinese medicine, like acupuncture and the stimulation of acupuncture points to actually work with psychological material. So this is how I discovered energy psychology through my own journey. And because it did so much good for me in getting healthy and recovering from an illness that you're supposedly not supposed to be able to really fully recover from, I started working with it with clients as I was in grad school and and in internships and things like that and started getting amazing results. So then most recently being the clinical director at a women's drug and alcohol rehab here in the Bay Area, we have actually brought these energy psychology tools to the practice. I teach two groups there. We train all our therapists and frontline staff in using these techniques and have gotten really amazing results. So tell me what the tools are, maybe thinking about how you would implement these tools in your clinical care. 
And there are many, many different modalities. And I've been trained, you know, ever the student, I've been trained in a million and one different modalities. But I would say primarily we're using the energy psychology, something like EFT, emotional freedom techniques or tapping, stimulating acupuncture points on that. We're using that mostly in two ways. One is so that we can teach the clients emotional self-regulation. Most of the clients that we see that have addictions typically have a co-occurring mental health disorder. They usually have depression, anxiety. A lot of our clients, because we specialize in trauma, have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And when somebody has that, when they've had chronic exposure to trauma, their nervous system tends to be always ramped up in the like on position. In the If we talk about the fight, flight, freeze response, a lot of these clients are stuck on on. They're always like hypervigilant. They're looking for danger everywhere. And their nervous system is always activated, right? Their adrenal glands, they're always pumping. There's always cortisol and adrenaline going. And it's really hard for these people. They have so much anxiety that's hard for them to even sit still in rehab, like in group and be able to absorb the material we're trying to teach them because they're so, their nervous system is so dysregulated. So first and foremost, we're teaching clients tapping because what it's doing now, we know Harvard med school did a 10 year research study on acupuncture and it's basically validated it. Yes, there are these different meridians, these pathways along which energy flows And if you looked at it from the traditional Chinese medicine perspective, we'd say what we're doing with tapping is rebalancing the flow of energy in the body so the body can heal itself. But now what we also know from looking at brains and MRIs is that when we're activating an acupuncture point, it's sending an electrical signal through the fascia, the connective tissue around our muscles and bones and all that, through the fascia up to the amygdala which is the emotional center of your brain and the part of your brain that activates this fight, flight, freeze response. So we essentially by tapping are deactivating the amygdala and letting it know, hey, calm down. We're not in the jungle being chased by a tiger. There's no reason to activate this life or death type survival mechanism. And so we get the cortisol, the research is clear in showing that the stress hormones come down feel-good chemicals come up, your serotonin, your GABA, even your endorphins, your natural you know, endogenous opiates, those levels all kick in and you get basically a move out of sympathetic nervous system arousal into parasympathetic calm. Teaching the clients that, teaching the frontline staff that, it helps keep the whole like energy in the, in the rehab calmer and gives people tools to manage that activation because they're always getting triggered with trauma responses just by a word or somebody's tone of voice or a peer or whatever it is. There's always drama in a rehab. (laughs) So this helps people to start calming their nervous systems down. And then when we use it for processing trauma with the therapist, what we can do is have people bring up a traumatic event or experiences they had earlier in their life where the trauma is still like locked in their body and the tapping will help to access that and release it. And then we get this thing called memory reconsolidation, which is really interesting because it's by basically taking the emotion out of the traumatic experience and allowing it to get recoded into long-term memory through the hippocampus and the other brain structures involved in that without the trauma energy. So the example I like to give is that this actually was in my private practice. I had a woman who had been in a severe car accident 
and couldn't even begin to tell the story without shaking and sobbing and having that trauma response. And we did three sessions of EFT tapping, specifically with a technique called the movie technique, where we were watching it as if it was a movie on a screen and we would pause. It was a head-on collision. So now you're seeing the car veering into your lane. Pause. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you remembering? And we tap on all of those aspects that were creating the distress, the thoughts, the emotions, the sounds, the smell of the burnt rubber. What is she thinking? What is she feeling? All of those things. And across three sessions by doing that, we were able to to release all of that unprocessed trauma that she was holding in her body. And she could tell the whole story of the accident Mm -hmm. without any kind of upset. She could even go back to the scene of the accident, which often is a trigger for people and had no triggering whatsoever. So we had completely extinguished a trauma response to a very frightening event to where it was no longer having that effect on her. And so let's move then into this idea about addiction treatment and how, in terms of thinking about addiction treatment and how this maybe helps prevent relapse. Right. So you can use it directly for cravings. You know, if someone were having a crave, like I really want to drink right now, you know, they could easily tap on the acupuncture Mm -hmm. points to shift the energy around that craving. That's a very direct use. But mostly, again, I'm going to say it's emotional self-regulation. Most of our clients are triggered to want to drink or use because of some emotional thing. They get upset with their partner. They get anxious about something they're worried about. They've got some sort of catastrophic thinking. A lot of them also have very core limiting beliefs about themselves. All of those become grist for the mill, things that we can tap on. We can also do the deeper trauma processing for people who are drinking and using or other addictions, but we primarily deal with drugs and alcohol because they have flashbacks, nightmares, you know, they're having symptoms of lingering trauma. So we can use it in all those different ways for relapse prevention, but that's typically why people are using is because they've been emotionally activated or they're functioning from some like distorted thinking patterns. Tapping allows us to shift all of that. Yeah. It's about kind of allowing people to tolerate distress and shift their emotional state. Yeah. And we still use CBT and DBT and all of the sort of traditional approaches, but we bring this into ease. We also do hands-on energy work with Reiki and access bars, you know, where we're working more with the person's non-verbally with the person's energy field in that way. And we found that to also be super calming and soothing and grounding Mm -hmm. for folks in addition to like mindfulness and meditation and, and all that. I mean, it's kind of a package deal, but I actually was asked to write a paper about our work at the rehab and it was published in the journal of energy psychology because we seem to have, since we've been using these techniques and we can't, we couldn't in our study, it was a retroactive study, you know, it wasn't planned out, but we do tend to get better results than other programs like us that we compared stats with in terms of reduction of depression, symptoms, reduction of anxiety, reduction in disordered eating and cravings to drink and use. So mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And really, I mean, you're, you're teaching tools for people to bring outside of, I mean, they will not be in rehab forever, right? And so this idea of like, how can they bring it into the world? How can they strengthen those skills while they're with you that they can then bring out for maximum success in real life? Dave, you know, they've even done studies on, I do want to also add in for those that are more research-minded, 
colleagues or, or whoever that may be. There's a TED Talk on this, but there's also on the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, which is the organization that sort of spearheads conferences and trainings and humanitarian work and research and all of that, energypsych.org. There's a whole page devoted to the research. There's probably over 200, 250 published research studies now. Energy psychology has been around for about 40 years or so. And especially in the last five or 10 years, we've had a lot of research now with MRIs. And one really interesting, a few studies by Dr. Peta Stapleton, who's in Australia. She was Hmm. working with food addiction. And I love this one study that she did where they looked at people's brains under the MRI while they were looking at a photograph of their favorite foods, like the cakes and the chocolate and all of those like foods that they crave. They looked at their brains before, then they did an eight week tapping program where I think they tapped for two hours a week on food cravings and different things. They put them back in the MRI machine. They showed them those same photographs and they could see in the brain, the parts of the brain that are involved in addiction and like the reward center stuff, all those different brain structures, they saw less activity there than before the people had done the tapping. And then they did a follow-up like a year later and those results were maintained. So there were permanent changes to brain functioning as a result of doing this tapping. And the people were like, oh yeah, that chocolate, when I was eating six chocolate bars a day, I haven't touched that stuff in a year now. Interesting. Well, I'll make sure I I will put that on the episode description on that website. The other question I had is how is this related to tapping in EMDR? So, you know, there's probably some overlap with it. I mean, there have been studies that have compared the two and found them to be equally effective. But I think one of the things that's happening when you're doing bilateral stimulation, like with EMDR, you're just activating different parts of the brain and you're getting different parts of the brain to talk to each other. When people are in, and you're more the scientist than I am on this, but my understanding is when people's brains get activated to a fight, flight, freeze type response, it's like, 70% of the blood flow goes out of the prefrontal cortex. Like your logical thinking mind kind of goes offline and your more primitive, you know, reptilian and mammalian brain takes over because there's a life or death threat. Your brain has misinterpreted. I'm late for work as, oh my God, there's a tiger chasing me in the jungle. And so I think there's a different kind of communication happening within the brain when you are doing this type of, of stimulation, that's my kind of my understanding of it. Yeah. It's kind of a fascinating field when thinking about that sort of intervention and how it could be helpful clinically. What else do we want to mention about addiction treatment and energy psychology? I think it's really promising. I mean, more and more I'm seeing people show up at the rehab who've already heard of tapping There is an annual Tapping World Summit that gets put on by these folks at the tappingsolution.com. They've written books, they've got workshops, they have a free app for your phone that shows you how to tap and has guided tapping meditations on there. I think that that's been a huge resource. So every February for 10 days, they put on all these interviews with experts and they guide you through tapping for different issues. And it's not just trauma and, and depression, anxiety. People are using tapping for performance enhancement. It's in a lot of sports. A lot of sports psychologists are using it. In the last Olympics before this one in the summer, there was a photo on Time Magazine of a guy doing about to run his race and he was tapping. You Mm -hmm. can tell that was really cool. So you've got maybe 500,000 
people that tune into just this one event. So I think as it's growing in the mainstream, we're starting to see more treatment settings and treatment professionals get educated on this stuff. Mm. You know, we can get continuing education credits now for this work because it is considered evidence-based. Tapping has made it onto the, when NREP, the National Registry of Evidence-Based Practices, which, you know, has been a little bit in turmoil under the Trump administration. They defunded some of that, but it had made it onto that list of evidence-based practices. It is accepted at the VA now as a safe treatment protocol. So they're using it a lot now with vets. The Kaiser system has written some best practices guidance in their journal. So I think as larger systems of care catch on to the efficacy and because there is now so much science, this isn't Mm -hmm. isn't like this woo-woo, like Eastern stuff, like people used to think yoga was or acupuncture was. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of science supporting it now. So I feel like it's going more mainstream and more and more practitioners and clients are learning about it. Yeah. Well, you've educated me on it today, so I appreciate it. And I hope the listener has learned something and maybe might want to look more into it as a potential treatment option. Yeah. Or someone they might know. So, well, before we say goodbye, and like I said, I'll make sure your information is on the episode description, but any last words to the listener before we say goodbye? I think to always just give people hope, you know, sometimes we're told in psychology, you have this diagnosis, you have this illness, it's incurable. You're never going to get better. The best you're going to do is manage it. I don't personally buy into that as someone who has recovered from an illness that supposedly is not healable. I believe that with these modalities, we actually can create tremendous change. Many times, even miracles. I've seen it time and time again. If you look at it through the energetic lens of everything is energy, your thoughts, your emotions, your physical sensations, your body is made of energy. Energy is malleable and it's changeable. So that means we can change anything. If we just get the right tools and the right motivation, there is hope that any condition, including addiction, including trauma, can really have profound and transformational changes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the work you do. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Take care. You too. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.